We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, what's going on? This is Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, brought to you by IrishBreakdown.com. Make sure to go hit up the message board, Boris at IrishBreakdown.com. We just had another exciting recruiting week as Notre Dame defeated Boston College 44 to nothing on senior day. And if you watch the game, Notre Dame was up 37 nothing at halftime and called off the dogs a little bit in the second half. So dominating fashion for the Notre Dame game. We're going to go into USC week, but Sean, we're off of Senior day off of a gigantic victory, eight and three record now, five straight wins for the Notre Dame program. So all is working, man. All is going really well. Coming fresh off of a really big final recruiting weekend of the season as well. The last massive weekend that we're going to kind of break down here. Before we get into this, hit that like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, notification bells. We're going to have a lot more shows. And even though it's Thanksgiving week, Still going to be a lot of shows <laughs> this week, including Ivy Nation Sports Talk. That'll be tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern. So make sure to subscribe to everything. I already mentioned the boards.irishbreakdown.com, which we had a nice little intel piece for some of the recruiting gossip of the weekend. And we're here to parlay some of that knowledge. I am Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at irishbreakdown.com, joined by Sean Davis, our recruiting analyst, as well as co-host of the Lucky Lefty podcast on the CFB Nation YouTube channel and podcast platform. Sean, it was an exciting weekend, man. I uh, I heard that uh, you just got off Lucky Lefty. You're a little little fired up, man. Is the rumor rumor on the uh on the block. So, no, I guess I, I think people need to Thursday is a great holiday. It's my favorite holiday of the year. Favorite holiday of the year. Favorite. It's called Thanksgiving. And with everything going around that's going to be coming around, I think mm-hmm. this fan base needs to learn how to be grateful for what they have. We understand what the perception of Notre Dame and the recruiting landscape was just over a year ago. We understand that Notre Dame in this class, regardless of who stays, goes, for the most part, they're going to break the record for a recruiting class with a staff that's only been together for about eight months. So I'm not worried about what comes, what goes. I'm thankful for what I know. Mm -hmm. And what I know is that the perception of Notre Dame has been changed. They're recruiting. They stamped their flag in states that they had no flag just of last year. Important states like Texas. Important states like Georgia. Important states like Michigan. Illinois, Ohio, dare I say. Yeah, it's too much to be grateful for. Then some of the other stuff. So yeah, I am I am in a Thanksgiving mood already. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, Sean, I feel like I feel like when we get to the, the mailbag section of this podcast, which will be the last section, you uh, may want to hit us up with some Thanksgiving questions on top of the recruiting info that we're going to drop on you. This is going to be a fun show, man. It is because what we're working with today, folks, we're going to recap the weekend. A lot of notable names that were on campus, including Kenny Minchie, 2023 quarterback out of the state of Tennessee. Aeneas Williams, top running back target in the 2024 class out of Hannibal High School in Missouri. Carter Nelson, first time getting on campus. Sean, who's out of Nebraska, really talented 2024 tight end. Jason Robinson, USC commits at wide receiver. 2024 class was also there. And then I want to tell you all a little bit about a potential preferred walk-on that was on campus that has some big-time offers out of the Pac-12. So we'll hit on all that. Second segment, we are now, Sean, 23 commits in the class. There is maybe four. There's four spots, maybe five at the very most that are left on the table. So during the second segment today, we're going to be talking a lot about who are the players that are remaining on the board? I had a couple people message me earlier today at boardsideirishbreakdown.com just like, hey, who are the last few guys that we should be talking about, should we keep an eye out for? So we're going to answer that. In that segment, we'll also talk about where things are with several of these players and kind of lean up because, Sean, you said it. You texted our group chat earlier. You said, we have a month until the madness, or the signing day is a today. month from today, which is going to be – Oh, it's going to be wild, man. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well in the second segment. And then segment three will be the mailbag. Sean, before we get into some of the visitors this weekend, mm-hmm. there's one thing that I want to be able to just hit right out the gates. And then we're not, we're going to spend about 60 seconds on this bad boy. And then we're moving on to the important things that we have to talk about. I got flooded. And I know you got flooded as well, I'm sure with the rumors and the questions surrounding Peyton Bowen for the one billionth time this season about Peyton Bowen's commitment to Notre Dame. Of course, star safety, five-star recruit in the 2023 class out of Denton Geyer High School in Texas, who are still undefeated, still making their march for a potential state championship. He visited Oklahoma this past weekend, Sean. Of course, Oklahoma had had a pretty nice win. Beat Oklahoma State 28 to 13. Defense looked good, especially early on in that football game. Yeah. So now the question is, so what, what, what's the deal, right? You're, you're hearing a bunch of rumors about Peyton Bowen. And this is where I'm going to say we're going to spend 60 seconds on this. We're going to get on to the important topics of today, all right? There is a lot of things that are going to be said. There are a lot of things that have been said, a lot of rumors that have been thrown out there. And we've talked a lot about this on the board about some of the rumors that we know are just flat out not true in the past. We've talked about this. All right. This is all I'll say about this is that it is recruiting. Anything could happen. I understand why people are keep asking about it. I completely understand. All I'll say is after this weekend, there's a lot of rumors flowing around and we have spoken to multiple sources that have, and it still, it seems to be in the same exact spot, Sean. We think that Notre Dame feels good about where their chances are to land Peyton Bowen. We don't think there's been any movement on that front. So I still expect Peyton Bowen to be a part of the 2023 class when all is said and done. We'll see. Obviously, we only have, we have a month of clarity to get to that point, and we'll see how everything finishes out. But my opinion has not changed on the fact. Sources' opinions have not changed about that fact. 
So right now, still feel good about still feel good about Peyton Bowen's chances. And don't ask me about crystal balls in the chat because I'm not talking about crystal balls of other people's sites in the chat. You want to go to boards.com. We'll tell you exactly what is happening. If there are things to be anxious about, if there are things to be worried about, if there are things to be exciting about, excited about, we'll tell you all that at boards.com. I am not going to comment on someone's crystal ball. Not going to do it. All right. That's their business. They can put their opinion out there. He can comment on whatever, whatever social media thing Peyton wants to comment on. Right. I, I don't want to hear it. All right. So yes, Jaden Greathouse is gone. I say super sarcastically as people are now asking me this. Why are people asking me about Jaden Greathouse? All right. That's it though. Done with Peyton Bowen. Done, Sean. We're moving on because I am so tired of talking about this, man. So tired. I know. And Brandon just said it wasn't even a crystal ball. I know, Brandon. I know. It's just uh, crystal balls, recruiting intel, whatever. All right. I'm going to trust our sources and there it is. There it is. So, yeah, still feel good about where Peyton is. Just all, all, all we're at right here, man. So, Sean, let's get into some of the recruits that were on campus this past weekend, not guys that were recru- that were on visits other spots. Yeah. So, want to go down this list, Sean. I know we need to spend a large talk here about this. And the main focus that I know people are going to keep asking about is Kenny Minchie, 2023 quarterback, out of the state of Tennessee, former Pitt commit that decommitted before his visit to Notre Dame. Coming out of the weekend, Sean, Notre Dame, I think, has to feel very good with their chances. We wrote on the message board, and Brian kind of said this, and I will reiterate it again. We feel like at this point, it's not a wet, it's not a question of if it'll happen. It's a question of when it will happen. Everything we've heard, Notre Dame knocked that visit out of the park. He really meshed with other commits on campus, including Drake Bowen. He's been in conversations with CJ Carr behind the scenes. Everything with the coaching staff went really well. So I think I think this one is, again, it's not a question of if it's going to happen, it's when. And it would be a massive, massive victory for Notre Dame at the quarterback position, Sean, because it looked very bleak not too long ago for quarterback recruiting in 2023. I think the relationship – And I heard this and I thought it stood out very well to me. It was like he's been in the class the whole time. Like that was the vibe with him hanging out with Drake Bourne, Christian Gray, Charles Jagasaw, and the rest of the 23 commits. He wasn't a new guy. He wasn't a guy that they were trying to convince to come to Notre Dame. He moved with them like he was a commit. Like he was already part of the class and he had been with the class. And hearing that coming from them and the commits and them talking about how great of a time they had with him just bodes well. It bodes well. And like you said, go over to Irish board, the uh, boards.irishbreakdown.com. Right now you get the full intel. It was just a fantastic, fantastic visit from Friday night, him, pictures of him being in the stadium with Tommy Reese on Friday night and just immediately coming to the campus when he gets in town. And just the vibe of everything and his feelings, seeing him take a picture with Drew Pine in the locker room after the game, you know, fraternizing with the players on the current roster. It feels like he's at home. It just it just comes across like this guy's at home. So that's that's fantastic. Sorry, Sean. I uh, I'm just looking at the the chat, man. Y'all are wild <laughs> in the chat, man. It goes so many different ways. In the chat, I just can't with this, man. But it again, get caught up in the chat, yeah. You, you really can get caught up in the chat, man. Like, there's a couple times where I've had to do solo shows, and I'm just like, I'm like trying to reiterate a conversation while also getting caught in the chat with what people are saying, and these things go. It goes from like quarterback recruiting to decommitment city to. Daniel Jones being a top five running back in the NFL. Someone uh, Archer just said in the chat, like it, this is a wild, wild chat, man. So yes, love y'all though. You all are really, really funny. You really are. So get back to the point though, Sean, we feel great about where things are. When it ends is still a little bit of a question. We don't think it'll be, you know, a, a terrible wait to figure out the Kenny Mitchie stuff, but Notre Dame did great things for themselves this weekend, man. I feel like 
even with a, you know, and let's, let's put it like this, right? Let's put it like this. Notre Dame's passing offense has not been great throughout the majority of the season, but you saw the dominance that you could have offensively at Notre Dame with the running game you have, with the offensive line you have, the tight end room that has what has been historically at Notre Dame. So great things for Kenny Minchie to get excited about, which I know we're also very excited about. So, excuse me, that's where we're that's where we are with the Kenny Minchie situation. Not a matter of if. We feel like it's a matter of when. So another big player, Sean, that a lot of conversation and a lot of rumors have been working around recently over the last couple of weeks is Aeneas Williams, running back out of Hannibal High School in the state of Missouri, all-time leader in touchdowns in the state of Missouri, and he's only a junior in high school, 2024 kid. Yeah. So, Sean, he just visited during the Clemson game a couple of weeks ago, came back for the game against Boston College, Saw some good vi- uh, pictures of him. Looked at home. I'm told by everything that we have heard, visit went really well, as it usually does. But him being back on campus just a couple weeks after, after you know visiting for the Clemson game during that massive victory is a great sign for Notre Dame. First and foremost, now I'm told that he spent a lot of time with some of the commits that are in the class of Notre Dame. Think that he continues to develop a really deep relationship with the players and the coaches on the staff, which is fantastic to see. We know that this is directly from Aeneas's mouth. Before this visit, he talked to a, a different outlet where he basically said, "I wanted, I don't want this to drag on too much longer. I don't want to drag this on, right? Like I want this to be over with in the near future." We feel that Notre Dame entered the the trip as the clear favorite for, for Aeneas Williams. I feel like he left the trip even more entrenched as the favorites for Aeneas Williams, that being Notre Dame. So this is another one that you have to feel really good about. When does he ultimately make the decision? Not 100% sure, right? We've heard multiple things back and forth. Think Notre Dame is in a great spot. I think Aeneas is still going to take a couple visits from everything that we're hearing, but you have to feel good about it. You have to. And for a recruiting process here, I mean, you talk about having on the roster already guys like Logan Diggs, Audra Gestime, Chris Tyree, Jadarian Price, Jabron Payne. Now you're throwing in Jeremiah Love and Jane Lamar in the 2023 class, and then potentially following that up with Aeneas Williams, Sean. All-purpose back, super talented. Notre Dame's got to be excited about potentially getting a commitment from him, hopefully sometime in the near future. It just goes to everything that's being built, right? And this kid is still has another year. I'm talking about Nias Williams, and is already holding records. I don't even know how to describe his film, right? Because you feel like, man, he's jumping out, but I know he's better than everybody else because of the level. Yes. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't care what level you play. It shouldn't be this easy. Like, he's so good that he makes it look easy. And yes. even when you, I don't care what level you play at, right? It was like when Lisa Leslie, I remember, like when the story broke that she scored 100 in a high school game. And I'm like, what? That's only 30 She scored 100 in a high school game? Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm like, yo, it was only 32 minutes in a high school game. That's wild. How'd she score 100? It's like, people were like, well, the team was bad. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't care how bad the team was. She scored 100 points in a high school game. And this is Aeneas Williams because a lot of people try to push back on the competition he plays and all of that stuff. Look, he's a dude. He's a dude. Don't get caught up on whether or not he has five stars. Look, he's wanted at Alabama. He's wanted at some of the top schools that have the best running backs. That's all Sean, you know. go, go look at his his ta- top 10 list, man. It is yeah. wild. It's wow. Wild. That's all you need to know. And so when you point that out, you can get above or you can get beyond all of that type of talk. And to stack him, <laughs> if they're able to stack him on top of the running back class that they already have, mm-hmm. and you would think because this is what Irish fans ask for, some of them, right? Irish fans say, we love Kyron Williams. Yep. We love Juice. 
and what he gave to the program, Dexter Williams. We love Josh Adams. We love all the running backs, but we never really had like that stud running back behind what is normally a great offensive line in Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what staff has changed that? You know what staff actually looked at a running back that was committed and said, you know what? He's really similar to what we've had in the past, but where we want to go, it's not good enough. And they took the blow from the public and from the media, and they parted ways. Why? To go get guys like a Jeremiah Love, to go get guys like an Aeneas Williams, to put those elite guys behind what is always normally a great offensive line in Notre Dame. This is what the fan base has been asking for. This is the raise and elevation of recruiting they've been asking for, and the staff has given it to you. And hopefully they're going to stack that with Aeneas Williams in the class of 24 as well. And Sean, the thing that I love about the Aeneas Williams fit is, I mean, one, you're getting a guy that plays with just such high competitiveness, man. He is – I said this to Brian multiple times, Sean. I'd love to hear if you agree with me. But he, I feel like he finds it disrespectful that people want to tackle him. Like he, he has a real – like he has a objectivity to him where he's just like, what, dude? You want to, you're trying to tackle me? Like that is the most disrespectful thing in the world. And he plays like that. He's got that chip on his shoulder, kind of like Kyron did, right? Like Kyron, I think, took it – he took it very personal that guys wanted to try to beat him. And it was – I think that sometimes you miss that type of spark from your leaders. And, and Kyron was a great leader. We've talked about that a ton of times. And the one other reason that I love him so much, though, on top of just having the competitiveness and having a good all-around profile, is he brings something, in my opinion, that you don't have much of in the running back room. And what I mean by that is that Audric Estime is mm-hmm. a fantastic runner, yeah. physical, downhill, catches the ball surprisingly well, too, for his size, right? Like, he yeah. does all those things. But the core of what he is is a downhill power runner. Yeah. Logan Diggs has a pretty solid all-around profile. You know, he yeah. can catch the football. He's got a good one-cut ability, yeah. enough quickness and explosiveness to make you, you know, have to you have to, you know, be mindful of what he can bring to the football game. Jadarian Price is lightning in a bottle. I can't wait to see him at Notre Dame because he is just explosive. Jabron Payne's a decent all-around player. I think yeah. that he has these good hands. I think he's got good speed, good football player. Yeah. Jeremiah loves bringing a little bit of that all around profile to the game. And then yeah. you have Jane Lamar who is also bringing that. But I think Aeneas out of all those guys is the most natural receiver out of all these players. I know people always say, who's the running back that you can put into the slot that you can motion out wide and do those types of things. I think Aeneas Williams could be that dude. Like he, I, he honestly, he's got that Amir Carlisle feel to his game in the sense that I think he could be a full-time slot receiver if he wanted to be. You know, his film, yo, if you just take his film from when they split him out wide, he would be a four-star wide receiver easily. Like this, dude, just go out there. We're going to throw you this 50-50 ball. We need you to go up over two defenders and bring it in. Who does that in high school as a sophomore? Who does that in high school as a junior? Who has that versatility? That's what that's what he and Jeremiah Love bring. Mm-hmm. That might not be there. Like you talk about Logan Diggs. Can you imagine a backfield or a room in the future of Jadarian, Aeneas, and Jeremiah and Jay Lamar? And everybody has versatility. Yes. We're not like saying this is our power guy. This is, everybody can do everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody has versatility. That's insane. Sean, it's great right now because I feel like the three running backs on the roster that play the most for Notre Dame right now, that being, of course, Estime, Logan Diggs, and Chris Tyree, they yeah. all have very different skill sets, right? right? But the one thing about that is that there's going to be some things that you're not going to ask Audric Estime to do because it's not right. really in his wheelhouse. There's going to be some right. things that you don't ask Chris Tyree to do because it's not in his wheelhouse. As you get more guys like Jeremiah Love and potentially Aeneas Williams into the classes for the next t- couple cycles, you have now players that I think can do a little bit of everything, right? Like yeah. you don't have to 
simplify and depart and compartmentalize like this is the role he has in our offense. No, you can ask Aeneas Williams to run outside zone. He can right. run inside. He can catch the football. Same thing with Jeremiah Love. They can do a little bit of everything. So that, that's my biggest thing is that you're now starting to get running backs also that are good at multiple things. Because you know I love Audrey Estime, right? Yeah. I love him. But I'm not putting Audrey Estime out into the slot much, right? Like that's not going to be his role in my offense. Yeah, Doesn't make him – Less of a great player because he's great for what he does. But I just think that these guys give you a lot of options. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think Dylan McCullough, I remember talking to him in March, and he was talking to the media as we stood in front of him. He said, look, I want um, four to five different types of backs in my running back room. And I was like, wow. Okay. He was like, I really feel like I had – he told us this. He said, I really feel like I have that now with the guys that I have. But he said, moving forward, you know, that's the plan. And he said, I have all types of backs in the room now, and I'm going to continue to develop them to be those backs and for them to be the best that they are. And the fact that I don't – I wish – this is a question that I know, uh, rest in peace, Lou Samoji would have the immediate answer to. But I was like, when's the last time Notre Dame had the possibility of 2,000-yard rushes in a season? <laughs> like, the best we could come up with, you know, I'm putting my mind together with Malik was like CJ and maybe Josh. Yeah. But – Wasn't like, um Theo and – um He said Theo and Sierra. Theo and Sierra, yeah. Theo ended up being all-purpose – over a thousand and not purely rushing yards. Gotcha. So gotcha. For both of them going into the final two games, having a chance to get over a thousand yards, that just speaks volumes to the way that the Notre Dame rush, rushing attack has evolved, has become the strength of the team, but yep. then have two backs do it two totally different ways. Yep. Is, sure. is impressive. Sean, you know what's wild too, man, is how quickly things have turned around at running back too. Because there were a couple of years there, man. Yeah, I mean, you remember you remember Tony Jones, right? When he was the leading yeah. rusher, it was like yeah. if Tony Jones gets hurt, you're in trouble, you're man. In trouble. Like, you're in trouble. Absolutely. It, I remember going into that that uh, the Georgia game, right? Mm-hmm. When Tony Jones is the only healthy rusher. And basically Brian Kelly said something, I believe it was after the game, where he just said, like, we knew we were gonna be able to run the ball. And I'm just like, well, you probably were going to lose if that was right. the, the, the standpoint you had before the game, right? It's just, it's wild how much they have changed the pulse of the running back room. You Isn't know? that amazing how Brian Kelly can say that going into a game, which schematically, I don't know if you heard Marcus Freeman. I don't think Marcus Freeman said this, but Tommy Reese pretty much said it going into the Fiesta Bowl with his attack letting Jacks throw the ball 50 times, Tommy Reese pretty much said we knew we couldn't run the ball. We knew we couldn't run the ball. And then you hear Marcus Freeman say after the game, yo, I don't care how many in the box. We have to be able to run the ball. It's like it's a totally different mentality. And I venture to say that what that's what makes it even more impressive, right? Mm-hmm. There's been eight, nine in the box. There is no quarterback to protect or back the safeties off. They're doing this with everyone keyed on the running backs, and they're still going to get 2,000-yard rushers or have the possibility of getting 2,000-yard rushers. That's And Logan Diggs. Logan Diggs was banged up to begin the year, too, and he missed the football game. So. He's yeah. come on like a game, man. He's come on. He's hot. He, yep. He's the hottest back in the room, without question. Logan well, last game, for sure. Phenomenal. Last game was fantastic, yeah. Man, I wish he had a little more juice, though, man. That 51-yardery, bro, right? he would have been right. out, out the gate. But, bro, yeah. Isn't I mean, it amazing because if I lined him up with Josh Adams, straight mm-hmm. line speed, I would probably think they wouldn't be too far off. But Josh Adams just seemed like he had an extra gear once he got in the open field. Like, because I didn't expect Josh Adams to go to the uh, 
when he ran his 40 in his pro day and run a 4 4. He was banged up too, man. He was banged up too. Yeah. I didn't expect expect him to run a 4 3. But it just seemed like even though he didn't have that top of the line 40 speed, once he got into the open, he had something. He was out. He was out. That juice that you're talking about. Yeah. And that's what you have coming in now with Jeremiah Love and Dylan Edwards get a little work in the backfield. You know, we know Absolutely. he's going to play mostly slot gadget type, but like to get him, get him a crease, man. He's out. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's just, again, man, I just, I always think back to the Clemson game, Sean, it's like you threw for 80 something yards and had yeah. stacked boxes all day and you ran for 260 plus against that defense. It's just all day. And, and honestly, when you look at just look moving forward, what is going to be done to them or what possibly USC can employ or deploy mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. them, it won't be anything new. Like, there's nothing new. No. And that's kind of the blessing in disguise of the Navy game, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Navy kind of came at it a different way as far as, like, putting 8-9 in the box. Right, because they were all about pressure. We're coming off the edges, hard pressure. Like Clemson came off the edge, but if you watch that game, they came off kind of passing. Yep. And then they were just coming across with wham blocks and just <laughs> pushing them out. It's almost like they were running, just flat out running into what Notre Dame wanted them to do. Look, Navy was the aggressor. They were aggressive early. They got hit, and then they doubled down on the aggression. And I think that kind of shocked Notre Dame a little bit. Like, oh, man. So now you can't surprise Notre Dame with that. They've mm-hmm. seen everything. They know how you're going to attack them and attack the running game. And getting guys in like Jeremiah Love and Game Breakers, that causes a little bit of hesitation from a coordinator standpoint, in my opinion, right? Because you're not going to commit so much to the running game, knowing that any open lane can lead to 60, 65 to the house on any right. given play. You know, yep. and that is what we're talking about when you talk about Aeneas Williams and you talk about Jeremiah Love being added to the running game moving forward. Absolutely. It's going to be fun times, man, watching this running. Because the thing, Sean, is that this is just the beginning of what the running back room is going to look like, man. I mean, we got to remember, SMA and Dicks are sophomores, man, with the talent that's coming in as well. It's going to be wild, man. It's really going to be wild. It's fun to see. Again, for a position that was a bit of a a weakness there for a little bit, is now turning into a strength. It's awesome. Let me talk to you, Sean. I know this is early in this process, right? 2024, we're talking about high school juniors. I already have a little bit of a uh, recruiting crush in the 2024 class, Sean. I do. I'll be fully honest about it, man. Young man named Carter Nelson, who is a tight end out of the state of Nebraska, Sean. I'm going to read some of these particulars about him, right? He was supposed to to visit Notre Dame for the Clemson game, all right? Wasn't able to get out to Clemson uh, for the Clemson game because – He's the airplane was canceled, so his plane ride was canceled. Okay, couldn't make it out, even yes. though he couldn't get the Clemson. Notre Dame was planning on offering him that weekend, so they still called him, offered him a scholarship. So he made it a priority to get back, and they drove 11 and a half hours from Nebraska to get to Notre Dame this week. His dad told me that they wanted to make sure that they rode out, they drove out, so that they had some control over over their uh, their travel situation. Okay. Yeah. So he traveled over here. I want to throw out just some of his particulars as a player real quick, Sean. So he's 6'5", 210 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. So he needs to gain weight. Yeah. Plays a lot of quarterback in high school. 15 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Plays eight-man football in the state of Nebraska, by the way. So leads the team in touchdown passes, 15. Also the team's leading rusher with over 700 yards and 14 touchdowns. Oh, by the way, Sean. Not only that, he's also the team's leading receiver with over 500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Okay, and you're, selling me, you're selling me? I'm still going, man. I'm still going. You're selling defensive, me? Defensive side of the football. Six interceptions playing linebacker safety. So he mm. plays everywhere on defense. Oh, and by the way, 
40 yards of punts as the team's main punter as well, Sean. And now you're cheating because now you're throwing what I love about Notre Dame and that special team. You just threw that little nugget in there. Just to- Oh man. Okay. Okay. I'm not I'm not done, man. I'm not done. Oh, as, as, if, as if the football background isn't impressive enough, he also is a track and field athlete, where I would argue that his track and field numbers are even more impressive than his football numbers. As a sophomore, again, six five two ten. Visualize that Visualize in your minds. Visualize that. Yeah. Seven foot high jumper. And for people that don't understand that, as a sophomore, that is good enough to get you jumping at the best colleges in the country, a seven-foot yeah. high jumper. Also, weird body type for a pole vaulter, but he's a 13-foot eight pole vaulter, Sean. He can pole vault, pole vault in college if he wants to right now. By the way, 11.05 in the 100 meter as a sophomore at 6'5", 210 pounds. Oh, by the way, also, 170-foot discus thrower. On top of all that, my guy is one of those players, Sean, that you look at and one of those kids where you're like, darn, man, he's just good at everything. He's good at everything. By the way, I'm not done. I'm not done, Sean, because I know you're a big basketball guy. I am. As a sophomore last year, Carter Nelson averaged 13 points a game, nine rebounds a game, three and a half steals a game, one and a half blocks a game, and five assists a game. And if you turn on his highlight tape, it is Duncan Palooza, man. He's throwing out windmills. He's trying to go between the legs. Insane athlete. So before I tell you about his weekend, Sean, I just want to lay out all that, man, is you would be far you, – you good luck trying to find a more impressive athlete in the 2024 class than Carter Nelson. My man is a freak. Absolutely. So basically you're saying we're getting the next Tony Gonzalez. Well, I'm not saying we're getting them. I'm not saying Notre Dame's getting them. I'm I'll, just saying I'll, I'll Notre speak, Dame's I'll in the conversation. I'll speak it into existence. So you're saying if we land this kid, we're getting the next Tony Gonzalez. Because you talk basketball and everything and the different things he does. I like it. I like him a lot. I, I will tell you this, man. Again, this is like – Sean, honestly, this is like super hyperbolic, and I know people don't like when I get too hyperbolic sometimes. This is a kid about 30 years from now that Ainsworth High School in Nebraska is going to be talking about the legend of Carter Nelson. No BS, man, because he goes to a small school, not a ton of population, eight-man football. People are going to be talking about him forever. They'll be like, yeah. "What? where the heck did this kid come from, man? Yeah. Like he's an alien. People are going to be talking about that. It's wild. So back to the original point. He comes to the visit this weekend, Sean. There was a lot of intrigue from Carter Nelson and his family about Notre Dame because what is going on now is that he's blowing up on the recruiting circles, right? Top 150 kid pretty much all the way across the board now on every major recruiting platform. Again, from a very small school. So he is now getting a ton of interest from all over the place which has pushed his date back. He wanted to make a decision sometimes early in the spring during track season. He has now kind of said, the family has kind of said, we're probably going to push this back a little bit, you know, let him take visits, figure stuff out because more teams are now coming after him. All these schools want him. Yeah. But so he was intrigued with Notre Dame. From everything I am hearing and everything that I put on the message board, Mm -hmm. visit went eye-opening is the term that I heard from the source close to Carter Nelson. Got along with Jared Parker extremely well. They were very complimentary of Jared Parker in general about his intelligence as a football coach, the energy he brings, and make no mistake about it, what they are seeing on the football fields with Michael Mayer is a big sell to Carter Nelson because Carter and his family grew up as Nebraska fans. There's no, like, They told me straight up that. like they, they grew up as Nebraska fans. They did. Okay. Nebraska's on him, obviously. But Notre Dame, I think, put a massive step forward this weekend, okay? This is not one that's going to be decided in the near future, but I think Notre Dame just put themselves firmly in the conversation on this one. Coaching staff was great. He also put a huge – my source put a huge, huge, huge shout-out to the fans that were in attendance, even despite it being cold and it not being great weather. 
and them having a, it was a very lopsided victory for Notre Dame. The energy in the stadium, they told me, was fantastic, and they've really appreciated all the fans. A lot of fans also knew who Carter was, which is pretty wild. I mean, again, a kid that's from a small school in Nebraska, that stuff matters, man. That stuff does yeah. matter. So, I mean, Sean, they knocked it out of the park with Carter Nelson, man. I felt like they did a really good job for themselves this weekend. We, we try to make it known to fans how important they are when these kids are on campus. And that's what stands out to these kids, the fact that these little kids walk up and they want their autographs. I'm not talking about the current roster kids. I'm talking about kids that are in the class of 24, 23, 25, being recognized by kids 10, 11 years old. Can I have your autograph? That makes an impression. Students knowing these guys, fans knowing these guys. And just a simple hello, it really blows the mind of recruits for them to be like, man, they know me. It was one of the things that stood out to Drake Bowen and why he loves the atmosphere so much. He talked about that in his recruiting. It goes beyond Notre Dame, his love for Marcus Freeman, uh, how his parents uh, loved Marcus Freeman and what he stood for, but just the love and adulation of the fan base and how they make you feel when you come to the game. That's what Notre Dame is all about. That's what Notre Dame, that's why Notre Dame is special, right? Whether you, whether you go to Independence, whether you go to the Golden Standard, whether you go to what Marcus Freeman and his staff are attempting to establish, on down to the fan base, on down to the way we talk about Notre Dame each and every day right here, the way we do things on Irish Breakdown, the uniqueness of the brand and uniqueness of the experience. A game day experience at Notre Dame, it isn't like a game day experience in the South. It's nothing like a game day experience out West. It's nothing like a game day experience out east. It is its own unique character in the game of college football or in this story of college football. That's why you have to love it. And that is, is what grabs the guys that immediately or not immediately at some point commit but choose to commit to Notre Dame. It is what it is. He won't find another experience like it. That's not to say he won't find one that's just as enjoyable, but he won't it's find the unique, uniqueness. Uniqueness, yes. yeah. He won't find another experience like it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And Sean, I think this is always a big step. We always talk about it's just like a different vibe being on campus, right? Yeah. I, I, I said it. When I talked to his father after he was offered and he kind of said at that point like oh carter's extremely intrigued like he knows about notre dame but like he doesn't know enough about notre dame and that's obviously why they made it a priority to get to campus and again the term that i got from a source was eye-opening for carter like and the family i think that they see everything that they needed to see right and i know people talk about the weather this weekend and all that type of stuff like they're from nebraska you think they care about weather <laughs> that's that's not going to be a uh it's not going to be much of a talking point for them. But Jared Parker, I thought, did a fantastic job in this one from everything I heard. Seeing a great football game obviously was a big step. Seeing Michael Mayer break another record is a big step. I mean, it's tight end you, man. It is. And I think that Carter and his family understand the draw to Notre Dame football, which is great. A great, 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 great. I want to keep saying great. It's a great step, man. It's a great step because they have Jack Larson in the 2020 for class, who's a very talented tight end in his own right, out of Charlotte Catholic in North Carolina. But he's more 6'3", 
220 plus pound tight end who's kind of more of a move piece, you know, line him up all over the place. This kid can do all those types of things. Talking about Carter Nelson, but he's yeah. also got that six five frame. Where Sean, I mean, when he stops doing all these sports, he's gonna be two fifty plus, easy money, and he's still gonna be athletic, man. So, one of my favorite recruits already in the twenty twenty four class. I think Notre Dame's in a good spot after the visit. Will they close on it? Will they be in at, at the end of the day the the team for him? Lot to be decided there. Because again, I think in the in state appeal, appeal of Nebraska because he's from a small uh, town in Nebraska. They all grew up Husker fans. They did. They did. It's very, very understandable. Yeah. And it's been put out into the into the open. So, and there's also going to be a lot of suitors for Carter Nelson around college football. So, so not yeah. be his last visit. So we'll see kind of what happens. But I mentioned Sean, weather's not going to be a big thing for him. But a player that was on campus that it could be a big deal for that we talked about going into the weekend is Jason Robinson. USC commits in the 2024 class at wide receiver. He's a Long Beach Poly kid yeah. out of California, Sean. I know you know a lot about California with your daughter going to USC. So you know yeah. that the the appeal from Cali kids to come north, I mean, yeah. not north, well, northeast is a little bit daunting at times, right? And obviously he gets the weather, he gets the snow, he gets the cold. He got a taste of what <laughs> a Notre Dame winter could be this past this past weekend, man. So we're still working on getting a little more in-depth on the visit, but I was told directly from Jason Robinson that it was going beyond where he thought it would be, right? Like he used the word, what was the exact word he used? He used the word, I'm going to get it right now because we're, we're, we're blessed with technology, Sean, where we can just find information out so quickly. Mm-hmm. So he said, surreal and loving it, okay, is the direct directs direct kind of terminology that he used on this trip. So everything seemed to have gone really well. I don't know how realistic he is in the 2024 class. I, from everything I'm hearing from sources, I do believe Notre Dame likes Jason Robinson a ton. Will they be able to pull him away from Southern California? I don't know, Sean, but even regardless, the fact that he had a nice visit and he thoroughly enjoyed himself don't, Working with these weather conditions and the coldness of this past weekend, I think that's a nice sign for Notre Dame. It has to be, in my opinion. It's reverse psychology. Okay. It's reverse psychology. Like, we're going to give you the worst of it and still show you you can have a great time. Sure. We don't need everything to be perfect for you to enjoy Notre Dame. You had a great visit, and there was snow falling. It's magical. Don't look at it as a bad thing. It's magic. It's Notre Dame. It's what makes us special. I tell my daughter all the time, every time she leaves, I say, your closet is still full. And you know what she tells me? All I need is T-shirts and shorts. That's boring. Like, no seasons? No change? No sweaters, nothing. You can leave all your winter coats here. Like, what is that? Who wants that experience? So that's the pitch, right? Like, you've been living this life your whole life, waking up 75. Ah, it gets boring. Come to where you get some diversity. Yeah. A diverse lifestyle. You're able to experience some things that you might not otherwise experience. We've We've seen that a lot too, Sean, just this 2023 cycle with a lot of the Texas kids, right? Like they're, I mean, Braylon James didn't want to stay in Texas. He would do something different. He would have stayed here. He would stay there, which is, which is hysterical with that TCU rumor that was circulating like a week ago. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, Braylon James wants to stay in Texas. Sure he does. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. But I mean, you're not wrong though. I think that there's, especially kids that are open to Notre Dame, especially, right? Because they are a lot of kids go to Notre Dame because there's unknown factor, right? What it could be, what it's like being a student at such a high academic institution, what it's like being on campus. Like it's different, right? And the u- uniqueness that you spoke about earlier in the show, yeah. I think that does resonate with a lot of kids, man. Like I really do think it does. The, the kids that are meant to be there, right? The kids that are open minded enough to explore other options other than the, what they know, which is 
pretty interesting, man. It's pretty yeah. interesting. But things have gone well with Jason Robinson. We'll have a little more in-depth on the boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com when we have a little – I'm scheduled to have a little bit of a deeper conversation with him. But, yeah. again, went really well, enjoyed his time thoroughly, and it's a great sign the fact that that enjoyment happens – during a 20-something degree day with snow on the ground <laughs> at Notre Dame, right? Like, there is great sign. Last guy I wanted to hit on, Sean, in our recap of this weekend, we're about to talk about a young man who is being recruited by Notre Dame as a preferred walk-on in the 2023 class, Sean. First of all, how many other shows out there are talking about preferred walk-ons on their recruiting hours, Sean? I don't think there's many, but I will tell you this. Luke Tollick, or Tollich, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, out of the state of Wyoming, Sean, Cody High School in Wyoming. Someone asked about him a couple weeks ago. We knew that he was scheduled to get on campus and you know experience everything in Notre Dame uh, this, this weekend. He had been on campus before for an evaluation camp you know, to try to see if they were a good fit for Notre Dame, all that type of stuff, right? So, Sean... Pop on this kid's film. And I got to tell you, man, this was some of the most fun film that I have seen in a long time. 6'3 listed, 185. He plays everywhere on this team. Plays mostly safety, though. And Notre Dame is targeting him as a safety in the 2023 class. My guy, again, small town, Wyoming, all that good stuff, right? Hits like an absolute ton of bricks, man. Every shot is just him decleating a dude and just a fantastic physicality to the position. Here's the thing about it, though, Sean, and I want to talk about this. I talked about this with Brian a little bit last week. We have not given enough credit to Notre Dame, not for the recruiting aspect of like, hey, the 23 commits that you have in the class, top three class in the country, all that stuff's great. But getting a but targeting a kid like a Luke Tollick or Tollich is, I think, beyond impressive because Notre Dame has several preferred walk-ons that are interested in potentially being a part of the class. Yeah, that I don't think we spend enough time talking about. This Tollich kid, Tollich, it has offers from Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. A Wyoming kid, Sean. That's three. Pac-12 offers, that is yeah. substantial, substantial opportunities for him. And from what I hear, he's a take at all three schools. They would take his commitment right now. That's right. a free education. That's free living. Like, that's everything, right? Like, you are get, you are getting the opportunity to play football at the highest level, get a free education out of it. Despite that, he has told me directly, Notre Dame is a dream school. It is. and always has been. Yeah. Now, he isn't going to get a scholarship offer from Notre Dame. He's a preferred walk-on. But after this visit, Sean, I am convinced that there's a good chance that Notre Dame lands this kid. Pretty good chance. As a preferred walk-on, despite the fact that he has three Pac-12 offers to his docket. Like, this kid is a three-star level player, but a player that should not be a preferred walk-on anywhere. He has opportunities to play football at a different school and – have a free education and the fact that Notre Dame is potentially able to land a kid like this as a preferred walk-on staff has to get credit for this and I just want to send a shout out to Luke Luke for a second man because he is a good football player if Notre Dame's able to land this kid this is the type of kid that plays special teams pretty early in his career earns a scholarship down the road and he's a scholarship football player at the University of Notre Dame like I have no doubt about it this kid is a very talented player. And I think Notre Dame, again, we have to give them a kudos. Even being in the conversation with a kid like this as a preferred walk-on that has this level of offers, it's big time, man. Big time for the staff. And the importance of having those walk-ons at a certain level, right? Football program is, you know, we get caught up in five stars and what's at the top. Successful football programs are really good at the bottom layers. That's what holds things up. It goes into your practice. It goes into your preparation. It goes into your scout team. Like getting those guys that establish so much within your program, because most of the time, they're some of your hardest workers. 
because they don't have a scholarship to fall back on. They're out there because they love the team. They love the program. They love the game. Like that, it doesn't get any more pure than that when it comes to the football program. And when you can elevate the level of athleticism and talent on that level, it makes an impact within your program in several ways. So like you said, you can't diminish guys like this coming on as preferred walk-ons, being added to the program. And eventually, who knows, they can earn a scholarship. Maybe in two, three years. So, yeah, you can't, you know, poo-poo these guys. You know, because we've seen about, I would say, five to six lately come to campus in different positions. And whether they were committed before in a different sport, and now they're coming back interested in the football program, it's a reason why. There's a reason why. And this just goes to the recognition of the staff of understanding how to properly build a national title roster. Yep. It's not just about the guys up top. It takes everyone within that program, coaches, staff, assistants, support staff, players, walk-ons, everybody contributes. Everybody's important. And that's the vibe you have to have within your program. I, I mean, and uh, – Jordan Faison, Sean, committed to Notre Dame to play football as well as a preferred walk-on. He's yeah. committed to the lacrosse team, so he's going to play lacrosse and football. But again, those types of kids, getting them as walk-ons, man, because he is a legit good athlete who's going to play some slot receiver at Notre Dame. So again, just continuing to get good football players, not only scholarship-level football players, but walk-ons. I think, again, you're building this program to a – different type of talent level over the next couple of years. It's going to be fun to watch. So I just wanted to send again, shout out to Luke, really good football player out of the state of Wyoming. I think he's going to do it. If he, if Notre Dame can land him, I think he'll do a tremendous job. I think he's a future. I think he's a future scholarship player at the next level. I truly do. So that's the recruiting background of this past weekend, Sean. We're not going to spend as much time talking about the players that put on great, a uh, great, performances from the high school perspective, but I am going to drop it into the chat because I know somebody was asking about it sometime earlier in the show. I included Jeremiah Love in the conversation who just had a 15 carry 172 yard, two touchdown performance and their victory this past weekend. I included Jaden Lamar who had a fantastic game. Jaden Greathouse who threw a touchdown pass and had a punt return for a touchdown for Westlake and the state of Texas, Drake Bowen, of course, everyone knows what that might, that man is doing. Sean, nearly 360 yards rushing and five touchdowns. They're going to the state championship game next week. Peyton yeah. Bowen had a big time uh, performance. So the future of Notre Dame football was again on great, great uh, 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 exhibition this past weekend, man, which was just fun to see. But that's going to yeah. do it for this Notre Dame recruiting hour conversation. The weekend recap part of this podcast. We're going to move now on to the 2023 recruiting class. Talk about the last couple players that you should be able to, you should, you should get excited about, that you should be have your eyes locked in on. Before we talk about the 2023 class, the rest of it, you can like, share, subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell, sign up for boards at irishbreakdown.com. And of course, go check out irishbreakdown.com as well so that you can take a gander at some of the intel that we've been able to gather from this past weekend and what the rest of the recruiting process will look like.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 